What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Baby, hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is Haberman, a middle call. I'm Guy. That's John. Que paso? If you're uh, watching the YouTube, you saw John wave. If you're uh, just listening to the podcast, you heard his Espanol or Los Podcast. Very well done. Los podcasters. Los podcasters. Um, podcast team, plural. Uh, if you are watching this, hit that like button. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We appreciate that. If you are listening, thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, hit, us, hit us with an Apple podcast uh, five-star review. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. One of Maria's friends played soccer at Arizona. She's originally from Colombia, and I think she was a really good player. She played on Colombia's World Cup team in uh, Qatar, and uh, they she reposted this video on Instagram recently, and it was like a highlight package from that uh, World Cup. And when they end, they go uno dos tres, and then they end it with uh, Argentina, you know, uh, Argent Colombia, yeah, Colombia. <laughs> Get it all mixed up. It's yeah, uh, yeah. You grew up in Medellin, you know, where uh, oh, Pablo. I'm yeah. familiar. <laughs> Great. I, I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. Heard they have very, very cheap seafood. That's fantastic. Very fresh. I got nothing. John, uh, just got an interesting uh, email here. Seriously, like six minutes ago as we're starting. Jim Ursay, his uh, world-renowned artifact collection, and and he's going to do a rock show. It's coming to the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium. I'm lucky. It's an invite-only event, it says. 
Um, space is limited. It says in all red. And um, I don't, it does not appear there to be a fee to get in, but uh, one of a kind event. It's going to be him and his guys. And um, yeah, he's got some presidential artifacts and it's going to oh. be a rock concert. They play the Niners or something? Why is he just traveling? What's December 10th? I, uh, maybe a bye week? <laughs> G- Jim know. likes to jam. You should go. Tell him hi. December 10th. Uh, Colts are on a bye that week. I- I'd say offer him a Tito's, but I think, uh, you know, Jim's Jim's dry as, uh, you know, after he got popped. Remember when he had like 25 grand cash and all those pills in the back of his seat? He got that Dewey. Oh yeah, because I I looked at that the other day when he was going back and forth with old Daniel Snyder. I'm like, you know, sometimes the message, right? It, it doesn't necessarily matter where it comes from, but also at a certain level, the messenger does matter. And I just wonder if this should be the guy being the messenger. I mean, bro, you got pulled over with fucking. You, you, I mean, you're a you're a wreck. <laughs> you know, you're a wreck. Yeah, I I I think you can read something into the fact that that's the only person that has said it. Yeah. Can I read you the list of things that he's going to have? The artifact, his personal collection of artifacts that will be there. That's actually pretty cool. Um, a uh, the original wanted poster for John Wilkes Booth, Lincoln's assassin. Heard of him? A Jackie Robinson bat, and Paul McCartney's original "Hey Jude" handwritten studio lyrics. Uh, and other historical relics. You're saying he just brings these around with him? Yeah, it's like a tour. He br- you come see the stuff, and then you also get some tunes. Um, you get some tunes. Yeah. yeah. yeah and his, he- his band is an all-star band. He's got a guitarist from Mellencamp, the bassist who was a founding member of REM, uh, blues guitar, who's a Grammy winner five times, drummer who played with Mellencamp, McCartney, The Stone, Sting, Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson. Keyboardist who played with all those people and Paul Simon, plus uh, John Fogarty. Squad. I mean, there's a chance these guys in the band are like, bro. I fucking we had some hits with McCartney, Mellencamp, and the Rolling Stones. We've never made as much as Ursay pays us. <laughs> There's a very good chance. That's a very good chance. So yeah, there you go, John. We are sponsored. How about the video that somebody DM'd us of? Uh, of a big poppy putting Tito's in Frank Thomas's water bottle. That's a good one. That was a good little prank. Yeah. Uh, we are sponsored. And you know, in the end, Frank was probably very thankful because he got Tito's. Uh, we are sponsored by Tito's handmade vodka. All those vitamins he's taking before he lifts, you know? Yeah. I won't mispronounce the name of that uh, company again. I, I once did. Uh, Tito's handmade vodka, Tito's handmade vodka, John. It is in the spirit of things. Numero uno. Um, it's as good as it gets. What else would you want? I don't know if you noticed, did you, I don't know if you did this last night. A, a lot of, I would say, older millennials, people in their 30s, that when they're going to pass out candy, they sit in their driveway with the candy in the middle, and then while they drink and watch the trick-or-treaters come up. And I saw countless people on my uh, on my Instagram feed with Tito's by their side. Their their wife was usually drinking a something something red, and they were drinking cocktails, sitting there passing out candy. So it's just... The millennials were a special breed, and I, I saw a lot of Tito's for Halloween. Hopefully, everyone had a happy Halloween and had some Tito's. Uh, it's the simple things. It's the simple things. Uh, Tito'sVodka.com. By the way, you know I learned today? The Tito beverage himself, his favorite drink, John, uh, is just a Tito's 
Tito and water with some lemon. Tito's and water with some lemon. That's a drinker's drink. It's a good, as, as, as Tito says, a good mellow, a good mellow drink. Plenty of great fall options if you're going to be hanging with some people or just for yourself, make a good fall drink. You can even get the Tito's Ugly Sweater available on the website. Not Ooh. that we're here to push sweaters, uh, but Tito's is, uh, it's it's number one. When you roll up to the bar, when you roll through the company, uh, guys? liquor section, you just you just grab some Tito's. You ask for some Tito's. So many great drinks. Maybe it's just a Tito's and ginger. Maybe it's a John Daly. Maybe it's something else a little special. Somebody sent me a DM the other day. They had an early flight delay. A lot of people traveling this time of year. So when you belly up at the airport, get yourself maybe a whatever, a, whatever you want. A John Daly is a very good airport drink. Obviously, uh, you know, there are some morning drinks that, that go great with Tito's. But the Tito's vodka, handmade. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Bloody Mary was the uh, drink I was looking for there. Yeah, I, it's not for me, but if you like them, you like them. Uh, we're also sponsored by ButcherBox.com slash ham. ButcherBox.com slash ham. Turkey, baby. Time for a turkey. You go to ButcherBox.com slash ham. Use the promo code ham. You pick your box, and guess what? You get a free turkey, guy. 10 to 14-pound turkey. Because you know what's right around the corner? Thanksgiving. You know what we do at Thanksgiving? We eat turkeys. You know what we're trying to do for you? Get you a free turkey. You can thank us later. Go to butcherbox.com slash ham. Use the promo code ham. Get yourself a turkey. That's right. And there's so many great options at uh, ButcherBox because you're not just getting turkey. You're getting 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crepe-free, and wild-caught seafood. Ugh. You get the ultimate convenience. Okay, just what you want shipped right to your door. Or if you're not exactly sure what you want, they can they've got curated boxes or you can go customized whichever free shipping in the continental united states no surprise fees incredible value so the main course of thanksgiving it's stress-free it's already done butcher box all of you free mm. turkey butcherbox.com slash ham code ham to get a 10 to 14 pound turkey free in your first box that's butcherbox.com slash ham and code ham to get this deal now we're talking, baby. Now we're talking. Uh, NFL trade deadline. John, just a, a quick recap. We can run it down here. Trades. McCaffrey. Wait, the Niners got Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> uh, Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. Calvin Ridley, who wants to bet against the Jags, is now a Jag. Uh, Roquan Smith to the Ravens. As you said to me, I mean, perfect, right? Feels, feels like a Ravens like receiver, like yeah. yeah. Uh, TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. I'm not sure that anyone feels like a Viking, but that's a great trade. Uh, Chase Claypool to the Bears. Well, out of left field, not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, Kadarius Tony to KC. We knew about that one. Robert Quinn to Philly. Naheem Hines, running back Colts, got traded for Zach Moss to Buffalo. Uh, James Robinson to the Jets, old news. Chase Edmonds to Denver. That was part of the Bradley Chubb deal. Will Jackson from the football team to the Steelers football team. And um, obviously Jeff Wilson Jr. So a lot, a lot that Jeff Wilson Jr. got traded to the uh, Dolphins. So a lot going Zach on. Moss, the old Utah running back. That's correct. I, I like that guy a lot in college. I don't think he's had a great NFL career. Yeah. I don't think anyone thought he would have a great NFL career, but I thought he'd be a good NFL player. I think he's just he struggled a little bit. hundred percent. Thought he'd be solid. Thought it'd be solid. So active day felt like the old school MLB trade deadline. You know, you know what? I, I I truly believe this. And for a long period of time, coaches 
because I think they're naturally kind of negative a lot of time in the season, win or lose. It's not really a happy-go-lucky time for position coaches. Their first reaction is going to be, no, like I, I don't have time to do that. They're kind of just living in the rhythm of the season. And with trades, right, it's not a plug-and-play sport necessarily, though it kind of hit me today. There are like three or four offenses and defenses now that every team runs, right? It, it is very throughout the league, and so many teams do similar things. I do wonder, because GMs have always pushed for GMs would always be down to do a trade to get a sweet guy, but their coach, their head coach, their OC or DC, and then their position coach are like, ah, it's going to be hard. He won't fit this scheme. When I start paying you, I think the lowest NFL coaches make around seven, and then there are countless guys, probably half the league is 10-plus. Every offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator makes seven figures, and a large percentage of position coaches now make 750 to 950. I mean, they are getting paid an astronomical amount of money. Now, the industry dictates that. In college, you're making a lot, so I get it. I'm not saying they shouldn't make the money. But I do wonder if now the GM has the juice to go to the owner. Like, I want to make this trade. My OC doesn't fucking love it, but coach this guy up. Figure it out. We're paying you $1.9 million to call some plays. I am giving you a sweeter player because I, I, I can, I feel very confident saying there were probably a lot of coaches who were like, uh, now I got to deal with this. Now, I saw some quotes from Albert Breer around Christian McCaffrey with Anthony Lynn. He was very bullish on it. Who would but, what running back coach would complain about getting Christian McCaffrey? That's true, but I I, I just said not all of these were probably met with can't wait to you know f- figure out how to use them. You know, it's just because it is a pain. But I, for don't a lot you of think coaches. defensive coaches are more likely to feel that way than offensive coaches? Like, yeah, we, man, give give me a guy, man, I'll throw him in there, right? Yeah, like Roquan, oh, sure. Bradley Chubb, oh, like pass those, rusher for sure. I mean, if you can't DBs, figure out how to DCs, use a pass rusher, yeah, those DCs are fired up, right? Robert Quinn. Claypool, the Bears one, that's a little weird. Who knows what's happening there? Hawkinson, no way the Vikings. No no way. I mean, Kevin O'Connell might have wanted to do that deal. Who wouldn't want to do that deal? That's a pretty good – I mean, now they got – I don't want to say the Vikings are a prominent threat, but they do got some firepower. Yeah, I saw Orlovsky. I, I, NFL Network uh, did a little coverage, and then they flipped back to the Monday night game between the Bengals and the Browns because that one needed to be replayed. And so I flipped over to ESPN. NFL Live was on, and Orlovsky was saying, you know, I played in this offense. The tight end in this offense can really be special. Um, the Minnesota, the Kevin O'Connell offense. And um, he, uh, his thing was just like, you know, I think they're a pretty complete team. Like there's not really a major weakness with them. Um, well, they do have one major weakness. Their, their quarterback crumbles usually. Well, in bright lights. yeah, but I mean, his his I would say even he is is a, his floor is pretty high. Now, you're right. In the playoffs, it becomes a different thing. Yeah. But, you know, better he's, than- won a, he's won a playoff game. He's not. You're right. I mean, he's I'm talking about him like he's Derek Carr or something. Uh, he's he's maintained and sustained a pretty damn good. Good career. Did you see? This was earlier in the season. I forget who it was. It's like Ben Lieber or wh- whoever there, like Tim Ryan is for the Vikings. Might be Ben. M- maybe maybe a local radio guy also said something about like, you know, one thing that clearly internally they're saying is like Kirk's very excited to have a positive influence. Like him and Zimmer hated each other. He knew Zimmer hated him. 
And Cousins came out, I think, pretty quickly after that and said, you know, the best football of my life came on, uh, you know, under Mike Zimmer, like kind of supported, like it wasn't as negative as being portrayed, but Cousins has maintained a pretty high level of play now for like four or five years straight, right? Since he's been on the Vikings, he's, he's been really, really good. I mean, you and I talk a lot about Derek and Derek's career has been a roller coaster ride, right? I would say Cousins has kind of just answered. Now he's had some low moments with, which most non-Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes do throughout a season. I mean, Dak does too. But you kind of can chalk him up if your defense is just solid and you stay healthy on your skill guys. Like, you're going to win 10-plus games and he's going to – you know what his stats are going to be, right? Yeah. You know what's funny? is like you may you may think this is crazy. If you told me, all right, you got a playoff team. They're, they're first-round by. They're playing in the second round. You just go get it. You can drop one quarterback into that team, Carr or Cousins. I think I'd lean Carr. I know right now is not the time. Adam Shine had a Adam Shine was on one yesterday. Shout out to Adam who listens to the podcast because he DM'd me the other day. But just because that level, there are, there are some qualities that he has that might play better in the postseason. Kirk's been bad in the postseason. Not that Derek's had much. Postseason. I was I was DMing a little last night too. I, I was distracted, so I, I couldn't get in depth. But I, I listen to Adam sometimes if I'm in my car, Mad Dog Radio, he's on early. I think he's on from like 6 to 9 a.m. Uh, on Channel 82 on Sirius. He's not just a big Raiders proponent and supporter. I think Derek's been a pretty consistent guest on his show yeah. over the years, and he's supported him. And I, I think he realized when you just put all your chips in the middle of the table on those Vegas Raiders and just the Raider brand, they uh, their history speaks for itself. You, are you saying you think that Shine has learned a hard lesson here? I think he's learned. A, I think he's learned a tough lesson. Yeah. Um, now, listen, I the like I don't think you could make the argument over the last like three or four years that that Derek Carr is a better player than Kirk Cousins. I'm not making that argument because Kirk's seasons are really good, right? Here's the thing about the T.J. Hawkinson trade. Not that we're not going to break all these trades down one by one. We'll get to Jeff Wilson Jr. here in a second. But um, the one thing I don't understand about that is it's. If you're Roquan, okay, fine. You didn't want to pay Roquan Smith, or you got like a receiver who you don't want to pay, AJ Brown, fine. Not paying a tight end. What it what would it really cost you to make TJ Hawkinson one of the highest paid players non-quarterback on your offense? I mean, non-quarterback and offensive line on your offense. Well, I, I don't understand. Well, Andy's under contract next year with his fifth year option. Do you know his fifth year option is? Nine million dollars. Like I don't, I don't get it for a yeah. second and a fourth. They're the Lions, man. Couldn't I get him a second. Second. I thought it's a second and a third. Second and a uh, second and a third. Yeah, sent sent a fourth with him for a second and a third. You must really not like him to send. I understand that you're not even close to what they are, but that's usually don't do in division mid season trades with one of your better players, right? That's a little bizarre. Very weird. At that position, at the position where the production you get exceeds the cost. Unless they think they're not going to be good for three more years, right? Could be that. Like the guys, they got, a, they got a ways to go, guy. Okay? <laughs> yeah, like, we are close. We could easily be seven and one. Seven plays go our way. He said that? Coaches think like, I mean, people think like that, right? 
say Dan, I'd say they're about minimum 15 from being five and three. Well, yeah, but the truth is like winning teams make winning plays, losing teams don't, and they yeah. don't. No. So knows any deal. So that's let me make that joke for the third time. Um, where you want to? Oh, let's start with it. This is. Let's start with this, John. Middle, oops. Well, yeah, it actually works good, works good right by your face like that. <laughs> Trey Lance trade was the key component in the Dolphins landing Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and Bradley Chubb in an 18-month span. Um, here's the breakdown from Breer. The Dolphins packaged the first rounder they got from Lance in 21 for Jalen Waddle. In 22, that first rounder went for Tyreek Hill. And in 23, that first rounder was part of the Bradley Chubb deal. I'll add one more thing to that. The 21 pick that they used to move up for Waddle, they traded the 12th pick, which was... Micah Parsons? Yes, correct. So, uh, superstars attached to that trade. Yeah. I... uh... Listen, no one's saying that we know all the information to this, but here's what we know for a fact. Like, this is not arguable. It's a 100% fact. Even if they did not have a quarterback, that Trey Lance would not get traded straight up for any of those three players. They would not. Jalen Waddell is, have you watched that guy? Holy shit, he's good. Tyreek looks exactly like Tyreek's looked and Bradley Chubb just, you know, went for a late first round pick. And he's a, I wouldn't say he's a star pass rusher, but the Broncos would not have made the trade, even if they didn't have a quarterback straight up for Trey Lance, right? They just, they wouldn't have made that trade. So that deal had to be made because they were going quarterback hunting, but given what that netted specifically, the dolphins is pretty fucking nuts. I mean, they're two, they're two best players on offense by a mile. I mean, Ty- Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are two of the better offensive players in the NFL. And then it nets them by far the best pass rusher who was available. Now they got to pay Bradley Chubb. But m- m- my point is that you don't typically see. Remember when uh, Daryl Morey's conference gave uh, the Raiders like some incredible grade, the trade of the year for trading Cleo Mack. I, I think it was trade of the year. Well, yeah, in the, theory, uh, when you use your picks to get good players, but I think they use some of those picks on dudes that are in jail and guys that are no longer on their team. Like that trade was a disaster. And you'd be like, well, the bears didn't win the Super Bowl. Well, they went to the playoffs twice with Khalil and then they flipped him for a second round pick. So it's like his value maintained. Getting the you, picks is only half of the trade. Yeah, the, these guys utilize their picks. They really only used one of them, right? They used it to get up to get Jalen Waddle, and that has netted they, them. And they used the third round pick on a, on a Georgia line. All these trades included yeah. more, but this was the key component. Like they could not have got Tyree Kill if they did not have the second first round pick, right? Like that's they're not getting Tyree Kill without that pick. They're not getting Bradley Chubb today without that pick. So they, I would say that is as good. They, they did this in 18 months. This wasn't like, well, over a four-year span. I mean, Trey Lance draft happened, guy, in the late, whatever, April of 2021. We're in November of 2022. Wouldn't you say that's a relatively short span to acquire all this talent? It really a great argument when you trade away picks, high picks, right? Like really high picks like that 
in that situation that you should then turn around and use those picks. You really increase your chances of getting good players if you don't use those picks on in the draft, right? Well, I mean, it's it's impossible to say. Because what was the other big trade they did a few years ago? And the picks actually didn't really, they used the picks on picks and it didn't really pay Lar- out. Laramie Tunzel. Yeah, the Tunzel deal, right? And they ended up with the t- the, the offensive lineman at SC. Um, who's the other guy? They, they I think they, draft? didn't they take a pass rusher from uh, UCLA that it transferred to Miami? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Jalen. Here, uh, here's the thing. Like, Part of the Trey Lance trade is, well, you're getting a quarterback on a rookie contract. Well, they have nothing to show for two years. So now Trey Lance, to to even have a chance to have this not be one of the great teeter-totter trades of all time, has two years to prove his worth. That's what he has, guy. Two years. And honestly, one year to prove he's worth a fifth-year option. Like, the clock on Trey Lance, because he redshirted and then he got injured, is going to be moving like 90 miles an hour down the train tracks next year, right? Like your, your time to figure this out is not you, you, you have a contract. Like you're not picking up a fifth year option. If he's bad next year or even average, you just don't, you don't do that with a quarterback. It takes too much of your salary cap. So this is the Miami dolphins. As we sit here today are winning that trade in a fucking landslide and the pressure on Trey, regardless of this trade, was already be enormous. What, however, this plays out, but I think from you, you always get when you when you're part of a big trade, it it stays with you for a while. And the Dolphins are good now. And it, listen, I've watched a decent amount of Dolphin football. I mean, a major reason they're good is because those two fucking receivers. <laughs> I mean, Tyreek has added an element to their team that has taken them to another level. Yeah. The irony is, I don't know if the Niners would be much better if they had those three guys. Like the Niners, I mean, don't get me wrong. Maybe Tyreek Hill makes you better. But the, the Niners' problem is not offensive skill position, guys. The Niners' problem is quarterback on offense and a lack of the ability. I know Jimmy just played a phenomenal game, and we've said a lot of it. We've talked a lot of words about Jimmy Garoppolo. But what to me, what doesn't change is you. if you think you're getting what they thought or think, I don't know what they think right now, they're getting in Trey Lance or what they were getting in Trey Lance, you do that deal again, right? It, you do that deal for what you think – you do that deal to try and get a franchise quarterback. And if you think you're getting a franchise quarterback, you do that deal every time. But but I but I think the flaw in their logic is when they made the deal that it turned out there was a lot of unknown. Yeah, they look, they might have turned out to pick the wrong guy. But I'm just but, saying you do but, that but deal it, if you think you're drafting a franchise quarterback. But my point is like – the unknown, like th- they were picking based on three guys. You know, they they thought they were all three talented. It, it turned out like the other guy that they might have picked would have even been a bigger royal disaster because his ceiling just doesn't even exist. Like the only holdout hope at this point in time with Trey Lance is he has a high physical ceiling. Because we've seen the floor; it's been a rocky road, right? His own coach does not believe he can complete passes. Consistently. Yeah, I mean, he's played. I, I'm not here to defend. I'm not defending him because we've done pretty a lot of criticizing. But I mean, he's barely played any football, right? Tyreek Hill has 69 catches for the Miami Dolphins. Oh, I mean, he's guy. incredible. Yeah, Jalen Waddle has five touchdowns. They 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 two have combined through eight games for a hundred for 111 catches and seven touchdowns. The two of them. M- my point is not that they needed these two specific guys. They gave up three picks that just. 
like we'll get into the Rams probably a little bit later. Like the reason they had, they couldn't get Christian McCaffrey. They couldn't trade for Brian. They're out of capital because they've used it all. Like the Niners used capital, right? If you told me this year, the Niners had a first round pick that hell, Bradley Chubb might be on their team, right? Or they might've made some big, huge acquisition. They might've traded for Brian Burns. They might've made, they don't have any capital either because they don't have a first round pick. Like when you use capital, there is a price. Howie Roseman said this a while ago, and I think David Tepper copied him. Every single team in the league has the same amount of capital to spend on players and the same amount of draft picks to use on players. You just get to pick and choose how you want to use it. And when you do this, like I'm with you, the logic of it's fine, but we're going to go on two years and they got nothing to show for it. You could say, well, well, you redshirted and then he got injured. Some of it's, yeah. The facts are the fact. Like, this is a result-oriented business. And the results right now, yeah, no based on like, that trade, is a fucking disaster. Yeah, but my, my point is you would, if that trade came to you again this year and you thought you had your franchise quarterback, you would do that trade again. But this is where I think you, you look at previous drafts now and it just shows you, like, I, I'm not as confident these quarterbacks. Like, oh, I, I agree. I'm less confident. Like, I, I think Mahomes and Josh Allen are such outliers that they've – skewed everyone's views of like even I and I think Goff and Wentz now work are closer to uh they're better players obviously but like I view them much closer to like the Rosens and the and the Randos that end up sucking because they are these teams like the Lions do not want Jared Goff right they're just stuck with them they're just usually and especially they're paying them that they much. don't have better options no so you just you, you don't want to use a high pick on quarterbacks when the guy is not going to be a top 12-ish quarterback because you're then you're just well, spinning I agree. Your wheels. I, I, I agree with you. I don't that's why I'm not saying Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes' name. I'm just saying what happens every time. The same way that athletics directors end up paying 15 and 30 million dollar buyouts for college football coaches, and yet they replace them with coaches that cost eight million dollars a year, is the next time you think this is the time because I have to keep taking these shots in order to get my guy, right? Because you're just saying because if I told you the Niners had a guy that right now you thought was a top twelve guy, we wouldn't, you know, it'd be a win-win trade, right? Oh, for sure. Well, that's yeah. the only way the Niners don't. This trade isn't an utter disaster for them if he doesn't turn into a top twelve-ish player. Well, if he turns into a top twelve guy, it's it's a win for them. It's not only not an utter disaster; it's a win, right? You give up three first-round picks, knowing those could be three really good players. One hundred percent. I'm I'm saying it's a win-win, but anything other than that, it's a it's a loot. It's already a win for the Dolphins. It is a L for the 49ers. And right now, through two years, it is a L for the 49ers. Is that debatable, really? Through two years, based on the information we have on Trey Lance, that trade is a no. But it's an L. But I guess my point is, it's an L if the if the Dolphins have used those three picks on guys that suck. Right? It turned out. Because the opportunity, the opportunity cost is the same. You like you said, you can choose to use that in the draft, or you can choose to use that on, on Tyreek Hill, right? That's the irony: is that the 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 Bears, the award that the Raiders got, it, it almost looks worse for the Raiders in the sense that everyone said like this value is incredible, congratulations, and they squandered the whole thing. It didn't change what the Bears gave up. Right. The Bears sure. might have done something completely different. Like the, the Bears might be worse off. They might have done something completely different with all those picks. 100%. The problem specifically for the Niners is the clock. Like they, their, their time crunch on yeah. this contract. No, it's true. Because, like, for example, 
would you imagine that after this season that the Green Bay Packers pick up the fifth-year option on Jordan Love? No. 100% no. And I, I just think, like, he has, assuming he's the starter, which I, I don't think you can just confidently assume based on sitting here on November 1st, right? A lot of stuff to play out. It's If they could get a redo, I think they would have a redo. And anytime, like, that's not hindsight. Of course they didn't know that when they made the move. My point is, sitting here today, we have information, right? There was a stock that I own that I'm like, you know, I kind of want to buy another stock. I should sell that. This was like two weeks ago. And I'm like, well, I'll just wait a couple weeks. The market's been a lot more comfortable. It's gone down about 10K since. (laughs) And now I'm at the point where it's like, well, just throw a little more money, buy it cheaper, and just ride it out. But it's like I didn't know two weeks later that it would be down. So I it's I can't get mad at myself for two weeks. But my gut at the time said more if on the pie chart was like 80, you should probably do it. But it was like I didn't need it was just kind of fucking around. It didn't necessarily matter. When you make that trade, and part of making the trade up to a non-pick where you control your destiny, because you don't control your destiny at three, and then it turns out the way they described it. Like I do think it's fair to say. Pretty flawed logic, their approach, and it turns out one of the guys they were clearly really high on, which everyone knew, and this is why like sometimes the public is just right, would have been like if Kyle potentially would have gotten his way or who knows how it exactly played out, would have been one of the worst picks in the history of the league. Right, if they would have taken Mac Jones. Yeah. But they didn't, just like they didn't not trade for Trey Lance, right? They also, but, but I think it that. speaks to the logic, like it was between the two guys, and they're just basing their they were betting on this other guy that they could coach up and figure out, which it turned out to be kind of a flawed premise too, because like why doesn't Jonathan Kaminga get more minutes? Because the Warriors are trying to win titles, right? It's just they don't they don't get to be the Orlando Magic. Why can't Trey Lance just figure it out and lose? Because they're not into losing games. Like it was just it ain't going to be cool. And what's going to change next year? Right. It's not like they're just going to be like, cool with him. Just figure it out on the fly. Like It's going to be the same fucking thing. It's going to be the same thing. Now, maybe mentally he's taken another step because he's got to sit back, but there's going to be no like, yeah, we'll just let him figure it out. We, it's just not going to fly. Well, they might not have a choice, though, next year. Right. Somebody might pay Jimmy Garoppolo more money than they're able to pay him. So what do they do? Well, the Vikings aren't trading them Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, they may not. They like this year they act they lucked into a choice because Jimmy was hurt, was getting surgery. You know, well, a I choice that would, wouldn't have been there for them. But isn't it clear they would one hundred percent sign some veteran quarterback, whether it be a Nick Foles and Matt Ryan? Yeah, act, not, like they, they those would. guys might not like Trey might be better than those. Like might give them a better chance to win than those guys do, right? One hundred percent. But my point is, they won't roll into the season with just like Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, right? I doubt it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that Trey isn't going to be their starting quarterback, and it doesn't mean that it doesn't give them a better chance to win than those other guys. Now, I do agree. If they could do it over, they would just go, hey, it turns out we're just winning games with Jimmy. Jimmy would just be our Jimmy Garoppolo would just be their quarterback right now. Again. Right. Yeah. And you just sign, you know, a Nick Foles like backup was what they would do. Right. They would just have insurance for Jimmy Garoppolo and use those picks if they could redo it. This is not hindsight, like I'm saying, though. This is this is just based on the inf- we we have information now. People always get mad, like in sports, like, well, you said, well, yeah, then things changed, right? I mean, it's like I, you had an opinion, and then like a year later, we watched a season, or like three weeks later, we watched things play out. Sure, so it like, doesn't make the prediction not wrong anymore, though. Well, yeah, but it's like, well, Howie Roseman thought Jalen Rager was going to be a really good player. Then a couple years later, he realized he wasn't, and he pivoted, and he got rid of him. Like, don't good GMs like 
we love this guy. And then a couple years later, we realize we were right. Like that's, it's no different than having like, you do the same on draft picks. Like how many guys did Mel Kuyper or whoever, any fan, if you just watch a team, like, I love this guy. I thought he'd be a really good player. And for whatever reason, and if you don't, not around the team every day, you, you don't know specifically why, like, why hasn't Zach Moss became a good player? I, there's got to be some sort of reason. I bet if you ask Sean McDermott, if you ask Brian Dayball and you ask Ken Dorsey, they could describe it pretty well. Well, he lacks these two things that are a killer that we love the guy. Great guy. tries. He just, you know, he's just lack. I, I don't know whatever the specific thing is, but you don't know that on draft times, right? We thought we could improve his accuracy. We thought he'd be faster. We thought whatever. It's part of the draft. It's part of why all these picks, and that's why beside Jalen Waddle, what does Bradley Chubb and Tyreek Hill have in common? They went baseball style. They just traded prospects for fucking real things, right? Yeah, not even prospects, right? Like complete unknowns. We don't even know yeah. who it is. Wouldn't you say a first-round pick is the equivalent of like sweet prospects in the NFL? Yeah, but what's interesting, they did the trade November 1, right? Like they don't even know exactly where the pick's going to be. Who? Well, the team that receives the pick. Or the team that trades the pick. Yeah. You're like, you don't know what the, you don't know what a 2024 first rounder is, right? Like one thing we'll get, I want to continue with this before we go to Jeff Wilson, but like right now, the pick that the Niners got for Jeff Wilson, the fifth rounder they got for Jeff Wilson, it's the third or fourth best pick the Niners have. They have two third comps. They have their fifth and they have Miami's fifth. So, you know, like if they win more games than the Dolphins, the fifth round pick they just got for Jeff Wilson Jr. is the third best pick they have on the books. Think about that. They don't have any capital. They've used it all. Well, right? no, I know. I'm just saying. So, but you know, my point is like you, you said you trade for prospects. And to add even a little more uncertainty to it, you don't even know what that prospect is. Um, I think you know the X the, factor. The, the, the one thing is when you when you acquire like the Broncos, for example, when they trade a first when they get a first round pick back for Bradley Chubb, they knew they basically know. I mean, the Miami's not winning the Super Bowl. And hell, I, I, it's hard to see them in the final four. That means they'd have to beat the Chiefs or the Bills. So you go, I would say that's somewhere probably between 19 and 25. Like yeah. you do have a pretty no, good understand. idea on But that I'm just day. saying it's different than when you make the trade two weeks before the draft or the day of the draft. Yeah, you know, where the players so. are, where the sure. slots are. Um, you know, I think the X factor in all of this, what's really hard to know is what is Kyle Shanahan, what does Kyle Shanahan believe about Trey Lance? And what decisions will he make based on that belief, right? About next year, um, the you know you know the the sunk cost fallacy because you've spent money and invested money into something, you then spend more time trying to get that thing to work. I don't know. I don't know if he will try to make Trey Lance work because he really believes, or because they've invested so much. Those are you know those are two different things. But and um, and, and my point always on this, like after a certain time. I think a lot of people's outside views of like, how would he have any clue? I think more than likely has to factor in like more than likely he has to be thinking that, right? There's just some unknown on this player at this point in time. For sure. He could not, you you would think he was a little crazy if he, if you knew him well and he's like, I'm fucking confident we're going to win big with this guy next year. I I think your reaction would have to be whether you're a Niner fan, whether you're just a normal person, whether you're John Lynch, like how can we know that? Yeah, but but I would say like his opinion on it, not because he's Kyle Shanahan, but just because he's the guy that's in the meeting room and around him every day is different than my opinion on it based on watching practice and watching him playing games, right? 
Like he does to me, like I do put a little more weight since we've all seen so little of Trey, which is partly a reflection since he wasn't their quarterback last year. Right. And he, Jimmy Garoppolo came back this year, which is some indication of Trey. Maybe not. Maybe they just knew we're going to run him 18 times a game and that could get him hurt and we need Jimmy around. But, you could argue just by his actions running him shows pretty clear that he's not comfortable with him throwing a lot. Uh, yeah, for sure. But I also think, you know, young quarterback, we don't know what that would have turned into in year two and year three and year four. I mean, yet. Maybe like maybe it never evolves or maybe it does. I, I don't know. That's ideally it evolves. And that's one of my points on this is like those couple years are already thrown out the window. And I yeah. wouldn't say he's starting from scratch, but he's starting four starts year three. It's kind of crazy. It's not it's very much time. That's the one thing that you have 100% agreement with me on. It's like, even if you think it's going to turn out well, it's it still needs, you still like ideally not to bring up Josh Allen or whatever, but it's like by year three, you're ready to roll. Well, because you played year one and year two. Right? And I got to pick up your fifth year option. Well, and that, yeah. But these things just take, it takes time to get the quarterback that you, that can carry you. By the time he's expensive, he has to, right? Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah. I mean, I, th- there's there's not a soul that could go like, he's a fifth-year option and extension player right now. Like, that's – and you're going to be – you have those questions going into year three. It's usually not a good sign. And you could argue this isn't because of poor play. It's because he hasn't played, and he's coming off a major injury. So it's just – it's a problem for the Niners. Like, the 49ers have a quarterback problem. When they traded Tyreek Hill – Jalen Waddle, Bradley Chubb. Like that's that, and, that's a and, fact. And Channing Tindall. And Channing Tindall. They didn't trade those guys though, because they took other picks. Together, I know, right? but and, and they wouldn't acquire those guys. But my yeah. point is they traded all those assets and they still have a quarterback problem. Yeah. Two years later. That's not even debatable. Or maybe they don't have a quarterback problem if Jimmy Garoppolo is just their quarterback for the next four years. Well, not but if I would he plays argue like that he did is, the other way. Would, yeah, that would be a problem, though. I think part of the reason you drafted I know part of the reason you draft Trey Lance is because you realize we are capped and we need more. Is there any way on God's green earth they could trade Trey Lance this offseason for a first-round pick? Uh, I doubt it. You might be able to get a late one. I don't doubt think. it. Coming off a major injury. Yeah, I mean, you. I guess not. You'd have to – but see, that's – you would need him to pass a physical, which wouldn't happen until – He's not very valuable right now in the open market. That's my point. Which yeah, is not but, an ideal situation. But the injury, but like Jimmy's injury showed, like Jimmy's value when he was hurt is different than Jimmy's value when he's not hurt. Yeah, right? he, I mean, you, coming off his like injury, if they made Jimmy available today, what would you have gotten for him today? If what? If they made Jimmy Garoppolo available for a trade today, if for whatever, just today, they were like, we're we, Jimmy Garoppolo available. Yeah, second round pick. What would Bill trade for? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they would get something. We sure they wouldn't get a late first. Probably not because the late first teams all have quarterbacks, right? I mean, Part of, you, you don't, you don't you get to be a late first is, as being good. Like, would the Giants trade you their pick right now? Which right now is a late first, but by the end of the year may not be a late first. No chance. And like the Dolphins, like they wouldn't trade you. Dolphins wouldn't do the it. Bills, the Chiefs, all the good teams wouldn't trade you, right? Yeah. The Eagles. They would. You would never get a first round pick from Jimmy Garoppolo because you can't franchise them either. Well, I mean, let's say you worked out an extension with him. Yeah, he's not a he's not worth that. 
I agree, but somebody's going to pay him this offseason something, right? Whatever that means. That could be two years and $40 million. Yeah, but you don't trade a first-round pick for two years, $40 million. No, no, no. I That's true. But you do if you think you can make a run with a guy. Kind of, I guess when the Niners traded for him, they had much higher hopes for him than other teams would have for him right now, right? Yes. He has shown what he is. Um, Browns, no. Like you think about the teams we talked about at the beginning of the year, right? Texans, obviously not. Hasn't really been an injury. Seahawks definitely wouldn't do it, right? Nope. Uh, Packers? No. For Jimmy Garoppolo? Straight up for Aaron. Not a one. Could easily get the Rams first from Detroit for Trey. I don't know about easily. Absolutely not. Do the Lions have two ones in this coming draft? Yes, they have the Rams pick. Yeah. Uh, the 49ers traded Jeff Wilson Jr. for a fifth-round pick to the Dolphins. John Lynch, here's what Matt Burroughs tweeted, said several times how much they love Jeff Wilson. You try to take care of guys that take care of you. Uh, Mike McDaniel was a good landing spot. John said that he and Jeff, uh, Jeff was interested in having a bigger role with the team. He knew that McCaffrey on the squad, Elijah Mitchell nearing his return, his role in the Niners would likely be diminished. And, uh, you know, Jeff Wilson has been an interesting case for the Niners because he's had multiple weeks in a row where he has not appeared. And then he's had weeks where he saves the team. You could argue this season he has saved them up until they got Christian McCaffrey. And in a, on a team that's got a lot of running backs hurt, I think it's risky to trade Jeff Wilson Jr. Now, I will say this, since I initially reacted to that trade, you start going through it, McCaffrey, Mitchell, Tevin Coleman, Ty Davis-Price, Jordan Mason. The ultimate conclusion is, as long as McCaffrey or Mitchell are healthy and Tevin Coleman's healthy, you're, you're probably fine. But I do think the 49ers are taking a risk here for a fifth-round pick, which obviously they think is significant compensation. I do not, but what do you think? Well, I think when you factor in their war chest, which was empty – Right, because of the additions of Trey Lance, and because part of not having the first with Trey Lance means you can't trade back and acquire missing picks when you make the trade for Christian McCaffrey, who then really diminishes your second, third, and fourth round pick. Now, obviously, they got a couple comp third round picks, but to me, this gets back to what I said at the beginning. My guess is Anthony Lynn makes about one point two to one point five million dollars. And technically, Bobby Turner's back, so he's just I'm not quite sure what he's doing. But they got two running back coaches. And, you know, we talked about within the last couple of weeks, there were some question marks about Ty Davis price hitting. They need to be working with that guy and have him ready because part of football is when you draft a running back really high, he needs to be ready to play for you because there is no disputing the injury history of Elijah's literally coming back off an injury. He was banged up last year as well. He's and missed Christian, 13 of 25 games. And Christian has an injury history. 52% of games he's missed with injury. But I got to have Ty Davis Price ready to carry the ball. And to me, that's on the coaching staff. I, we're just paying these guys too much money. And this speaks for all these assistant coaches around the league who just, like, I figured fucking out. Because let's face it, I, like, I'm sorry to say, I don't know if Christian needs that much help. Like, he, he's, he mastered the playbook in like a week. Now, and Elijah is on the team, knows the playbook, was a starting running back for the playoff team. So it's, well, let's spend our time working with the third round pick. 
and get him coached up at practice. Like the majority of our time. Paying you a premium, but let's let's produce. Because I'm with you from just in a vacuum, a little bit risky because this guy's good. But he's also, he's an unrestricted free agent. They don't have any picks. And last week, now part of it was Christian never got dinged up. He had four carries. So you go, well, those four carries would not go to And him. two catches. And one of them was big. The catch? Yeah, first down catch. And one of the runs was big. Remember on that little like quick hand? He's been he hitting more home runs spot? this year. Or like big runs this He's year. He's good. Like I, I'm yeah. not. Jeff Wilson's a good, productive role player in the NFL. But I can't turn down a guy who got up the scrap heap for a fifth round pick when I don't have any picks when I just traded a hole. And and I've invested in in the youth. Like I, I'm putting some of this on the coaching staff. I, I mean, that's great included. in theory. That's great in theory. If Jeff Wilson Jr. is gone and Elijah Mitchell gets hurt and Tevin Coleman's hurt, and you're like, Kyle Shanahan can't sit up there going, well, you know, I'm paying Anthony Lynn a bunch of money, so Ty Davis Price better show up. Well, if right now they think well, Ty Kyle, Davis too. Price, I'm including Kyle in this, well, too. Understand, but my point is, like, if those guys aren't good enough right now, I'm not calling up Anthony Lynn and be like, hey, Anthony, time to get to work, bud. If they're not good enough right now, then they're not good enough right now. Now, somebody just said in our comments that Schefter said on ESPN that the Niners believe in Jordan Mason. Great. If they believe in him already, great. But if your bet is, Anthony, I'm paying you money, so you better make these guys better uh, halfway through the season, then that's – I mean, that's great in theory, but your money's already spent on Anthony Lynn's contract, right? No, like, my, my bet is on I'm paying my coaches a lot of money because I think yeah. they're good at their like, job. Like, you, players improve throughout uh, the season. Well, they better be good. There's a chance they need to be good enough right now. Right, not right now, right now, but like soon, because Elijah Mitchell, I, as you said to me, this probably indicates that Elijah Mitchell is going to be back. Hey, man, you Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey healthy, one of the best running back rooms in the league. Look out! But if one of them gets hurt, okay, Tevin Coleman coming back for practice squad, we good. I've just seen the Niners every year under Kyle Shanahan get to their fifth running back in like three weeks. And sometimes Jeff – now, it's possible Jeff Wilson Jr. is just going to rot on the vine and would leave as a free agent, and you got nothing for him, and man – Well, he, he would, right? He would him. not be back on this team next year. Yeah, he wouldn't be back. Well, I guess. I mean, if – the Niners have drafted third-round running backs before and had them gone the next year. They just did it this year, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Ty Davis – Eventually, Price that's got to stop, correct? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's bad business to keep – uh, to keep Jeff Wilson over Ty Davis Price. But specifically, I would say Ty Davis Price, the universally around the NFL, just you and I, people, if you just bring up the two guys, Trey Sermon and Ty Davis Price, it feels like Ty Davis Price was a much better prospect coming in the league. Yeah, now, it felt young like players, everyone hard. Went, Whoa, Trey Sermon there? Yeah, it felt crazy. Ty Davis Price did not. Like, you need those guys to improve and be ready sooner than later. And ideally this year, he won't even matter. But I, I'm not disputing, like you said, they, they are one of those pitch plays away from the dude like, oh, my God, who's down? And it being 23 or I, I don't even know what number Elijah Mitchell's 25. 25. Well, I haven't, I haven't seen him since week one because he's at a torn MCL. I do, too. Luckily, I don't play in the NFL, and I've been able to power through. But Hero. I, I'm with you. It's. I don't think it's risky because you also part of running a football operation. If you're Kyle and John is balancing, like they made a huge home run swing on Christian McCaffrey. And once you do that, like, I'm sorry, you're kind of like, you, 
you're in the boat with that. Yeah, of. no, it's that is a fair point. Like one, I think one of the counters to my point is a 46 man roster is not big. So you don't ever have room for safety nets. You traded for Christian McCaffrey. It's got to work. If, well, like McCaff- if, if Christian McCaffrey was Trey Sermon and they like he was just that was the other running back and they still had their other picks, you'd be like, you know, and he wasn't Christian McCaffrey, he was just like a normal running back who would just Jeff Wilson, it'd be kind of crazy. You'd be like, well, he's got a lot of numbers. We don't think that, like, what are you doing? Once you make that trade, I would imagine, you know, you don't want to like live in the moment, but Sunday had to impact it a little bit. Right? Yeah. And you also like you, you, I think the other counter to me, and you're kind of saying this is like, if McCaffrey and Mitchell get hurt and then you wish you had Jeff Wilson Jr. Well, shit, you just, that's a bust, right? That's a bust. Well, that's, because this trade wasn't like most of the trades today, right? Like the, the chiefs got Tony cause the giants hated Tony. Clearly they got Ch- Clay, chase Claypool traded because the fucking Mike Tomlin couldn't stand the guy anymore. They've been Bradley trying to trade Chubb, for a while. Yeah, Bradley Chubb is like, they don't have a first-round pick. They clearly weren't comfortable with re-signing him. The Russell Wilson money is going to kick in. They don't have enough space to pay everybody. Like, this one was strictly like, I think the 49ers would be the first to tell you, like, yeah, we understand there's some risk involved in this, but this is the first move we're going the other way, right? Because they've been so consistently going all in, all in, all in on the boat in the near term, you, you know, and not fifth round picks a fifth round pick whatever but when you factor in they don't have a first second third or fourth i, I know they have two third comp picks but they've yeah. literally traded a first round pick a second round pick a third round pick and a, that's a that's very very rams like which i think makes them a little uncomfortable yeah with the rams are not uncomfortable with it at all i think the niners yet yeah. this is not their mo no, it's not. And in an ideal world, you trade players and you get players. You trade picks and you get picks, right? So in an ideal world, you get a player and you also get some picks back. And you can do both things at once, be all in on a season while also, you know, looking out for your future, right? That's the ideal. So it, there is a very good chance it works out for them. Fine. That, like I said, you don't need, need. I mean, you need McCaffrey healthy. McCaffrey and Mitchell if if Tevin Coleman can be your number two back and that guy gets sick, remember Debo didn't play this last week either. So if Debo's healthy, the point is you don't necessarily need twenty six touches for McCaffrey. I I to me I it's a little hot for my appetite, but um, but, but, they, but a lot of that's it was what he necessity is. and they yeah, were missing. They're starting so Debo, running back and Debo. Yeah, totally. So that's what I'm saying. Like Debo's back. The Tevin Coleman. What does Tevin Coleman end? Let's say they're a healthy team. What does Tevin Coleman if he or yeah, Tevin Coleman's getting no touches. But no, what yeah. what is even Elijah Mitchell getting? Eight, eight carries, nine carries, ten carries. McCaffrey gets eight, Elijah nine. Pretty, Elijah Mitchell's pretty good. I know. It actually becomes a good problem to have pretty quickly. So I get it. I do fundamentally understand it. I just think what it it's a little bit. You are just a little less all in on this year. You're not and wrong. a little more thinking about the future, which is fine. That's a responsible thing to do. Now, the other argument would be you're also like you would have had to get rid of somebody here if you're going to keep Jeff Wilson around once Mitchell came back, right? Yes. Coleman's on your practice squad. I mean, the, the Dolphins' backfield is Mozart and Jeff Wilson Jr. <laughs> it's basically Kyle's from like two years ago. <laughs> With Mike McDaniel coordinating the run game. <laughs> they do play. That's a pretty good little backfield, don't you think? Uh, yeah, because like you told me, and you're right, like Mostert, when you flip on the Dolphins. He looks fast. Chase still. Edmonds' actions look good, who they traded for Bradley Chubb. 
Dolphins Niners sneaky underrated game on the docket that you know early like when the season came out that that wouldn't have been a top five six game for me on the season that's yeah. I think that's gonna be pretty fun week 13 that's that's uh let's see by by Chargers Cardinals Saints Dolphins don't love the Lenore Ambry Thomas some random guys on no Tyreek and Jalen oh. like who you know, that's Rough uh, combo there. I'm with you. I've watched a fair amount of Dolphins. It is. Um, it'll be a good Jimmy Garoppolo arm strength kind of test game. You know, see Jimmy next to Tua. That'll be a fun little Dolphins little O-line kind of questionable. That's that's a big Bosa. Armstead? <laughs> Kinlaw? <laughs> Are they alive? I saw Kawakami tweet. Armstead's like legitimately hurt. Kinlaw, like, I can't compare Kinlaw and Armstead. Armstead's been. Very consistent. He just had an injury this year. He's been on the field dependable. Kinlaw has just been MIA. Like, yeah. Although Kyle you know, says like ankles and foot, so it's there might be multiple injuries for Eric. Yeah. I mean, Kinlaw did threaten to kill Grant because he was going to have the best season ever and he was going to make him meet his words. And it looked like he was going well until he disappeared. And now he's yeah. kind of awfully quiet. Yeah. Uh, bother you that they traded Jeff Wilson to a team that uh, they play. A few people tweeted that at me. I said, I didn't care. Do you care? Jeff Wilson revenge game. I, I don't. I, I would imagine Jeff Wilson didn't have a big market guy. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like they might have been the only team willing to trade for him. Do you think Jeff went to Lynch? Was like, hey man, I, I, you know, can we work something out? And Lynch was like, yeah, let me make some calls. And Jeff was like, actually, I got a uh, Mike McDaniel right here. I already texted with him. Well, the they, Hi- they told him like you can look. The Heinz Moss trade was that straight up? No, there was a a a, a pick. The Bills sent a six that could be a fifth with Moss for Hines. Gotcha. So the Bills are trying to recoup a little, uh, or the Colts trying to get recoup a little uh, value. I wanted to say that no one, no running backs got traded, but there literally was a running back for running back trade, and Edmonds was a throw into the Broncos, right? Yeah. Which makes sense because they lost a running back, and Melvin Gordon's already getting benched. Yeah. I, I would imagine just like Jeff Wilson, remember – like a week ago, Schefter tweeted it out. I need to stop going like, I think he's just messing with everybody. Not messing with everybody, but I don't even believe this. Like, no, he was telling the truth. Like, Jeff Wilson was on the trade block. Yeah, yeah. That was on, was that Sunday morning? What day was that? Yeah, it might have been before uh, No, it was game. Friday. It was Friday. And I do wonder if it was just simply as Jeff Wilson went to the Niners like, guys, when they come back, I, am I just not going to play anymore? I'm an unrestricted free agent, and I'm playing pretty good. Yeah, I need some I, I think what they the way they described it was pretty was probably pretty true. Like there, there's no like shady business going around. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's a pretty high level. Everybody, this is, you know, I give John Lynch, like John Lynch's operations are pretty buttoned down professional, right? Well, you use check Instagram. He's like one of the highest level teammates I've ever been around. Like, I think Jeff Wilson's pretty like impressive guy. You know, well, he's mean? been just like on standby for them for five years, basically. Right. Remember they had the game where he had, what do you have? Three touchdowns and then just didn't play again for several weeks. You know where Jeff Wilson went to uh, college? Central Michigan. You'll never guess. No? Not even close. Uh, I mean, actually, some similarities, but wrong region of the country. Uh, FAU. A little closer, wrong region as well. Um, NAU. You're in the vicinity. Just wrong geographical region. Come come west. Come west. Uh, Uh... Oh, you said NAU. Is that Northern yeah. Arizona? Yeah. Go back east. Oh, um, UConn. North Texas. <laughs> oh, that's a good program. That's not a bad program. 
His last two years in North Texas, 30 touchdowns. Wow. So he's, I mean, that's that's just a really good undrafted free agent signing. Like, that's what you want. And that's yeah, five years out of him. And when you can do that, like, when you hit on three or four of those, that's when you can make the crazy trades. Like, ultimately, the reason the Rams are fucked is because they had two second rounders in a row, 20 and 21. It was Cam Akers and Tutu Atwell, right? Like, if, if you just said, instead of Cam Akers and Tutu Atwell, they got their starting guard and a starting linebacker. You'd be like, well, their team, their team would just be a lot better, right? But they invested in two offensive skill guys who Sean hates one of them, and the other guy's clearly just not good enough. Like, that's a disaster because they don't have any picks. So they had pick 52, pick 57, back-to-back years, and they whiffed on them both. It's crippling them. Breer you could said argue they tried even, to trade two ones for Brian Burns. Which people don't understand. Like, Bobby Bonilla's contract is not good. When he got $25 million or $30 million over 30 years, any single person with any knowledge of the way finance works would tell you that is moronic. You take the $30 million right there. And someone, I Instagram something, someone's like, well, it got adjusted for inflation. Even if it gets adjusted for inflation, you still lose an exponential amount of money by getting paid over time. Now, obviously, most human beings with like a million dollars a year, whatever the hell he's getting, but he would have been way better off getting $30 million in 1993. Which may not have been an option at the time, right? No. It, it, and it who knows? probably take this or, you know, 30 over 30 or 10 now, right? Yeah. That's maybe, when you start doing the math, I think. 100%. Just like, just like the lottery payout, like 750 over 30 years or 250 now. I, I think even the 250 now, but. Well, for example, like the two first round picks sounds a lot better than when you realize one of the first rounders, because the Lions have the Rams first rounder this year is three years away. That that value, no one in the NFL values that as a first round pick. The other thing you got to factor in, like if you're, I guess Tepper would probably be pretty involved in this, but let's say he's letting his GM pinpoint and run op- the operation. Fuck, what are the chances I'm here in three years? Like, I this is this guy's one of my better players. The other thing is he'd go to the Rams, and then I got to watch him play this year on the Rams and next year on the Rams before I ever see anything back. It's bad news, John. Bad news for the Panthers. What happened? They could have had Arch Manning. <laughs> they could have had Arch Manning. Do you agree that's a pretty easy no? Yes. Because Brian Burns is not going to be old in three years, right? He is. He should be a really good player for the rest of his career on the Carolina Panthers. Like, historically, I, I, at his position, good teams, bad teams, that guy just fights through it, and eventually, if we can get good, who? Uh, what's the guy in the Bucks? It's been on the Bucks for like eight years, and they finally... Shaquille Barrett? Yeah, Shaq Barrett. Was like, is it Devin? How long has Devin White been on the team? Yeah, I mean, not as long, five or not six years. Yeah, but the point is, like, they've had some guys, they just kept them and kept them, and they were key players on a championship defense, right? On a really good defense. Like, I would never trade Brian Burns or Roquan Smith or TJ Hawkins is on offense, but, like, I wouldn't trade that guy. Would you trade DJ Moore, you know, for, like, a first? Like, don't you just want these players on your team? He wasn't the only guy that threw his helmet off. You see that? There were other guys, too. You know, did you see that Terry McCauley said it actually wasn't a penalty because technically he was off the field? He was in the back of the end zone? Yeah, I disagreed with you. I I, I didn't think it was as egregious oh. given the moment. I as- thought it was 
I still th- even though it was technically off the field, like to me, there's difference from the sideline. My now, problem Haberman is not is pro guys getting tossed I, in college I, games. So I think the penalty is so stupid, but it's like my point was just we all know the rule. But apparently, I was wrong. I didn't know the rule. He was off the field. So yeah, I, I just I feel wrong. you're a little too pro ref for me. <laughs> I just it's it's honestly it's one thousand percent out of spite because everyone hates them. That I just I'm saying you're, you're just a little that. too pro ref for me. I'm just I'm just digging what everyone's zagging. You they see, Mahomes called the best throw of the year. I didn't see that. And I saw a lot of other people like, because I, I didn't really watch it. And you realize he rolls to his left, stops, yeah. throws kind of against his body. Not only hits him in stride, like he has to release. Two dudes. Like it, was, it was. Well, I looked, it, I think it was like 63 air yards on the throw. Are the Niners lucky they didn't have to face that little guy? DJ Walker? Yes. <laughs> Clearly yes, better than are. the other guy. <laughs> yes, they are lucky. But to your point, the Panthers said, fuck them picks to the Rams, basically. And, you know, the Rams, it's kind of the whole thing working long term is a little dependent on the few picks they have hitting. When I saw that they that Breer said that, it did make me wonder. And there's really there's been plenty of smoke around whether or not McVay will sooner rather than later go to television. Now, there's got to be a spot for him, but it did make me wonder. Like, are these guys, is is he specifically just not even thinking about life three years from now as the coach of the Rams? Maybe he's he will just, be the he's coach just of the a year to year employee and they're paying he's $15 just, million. Dollars? <laughs> someone's like, you know, I know we, everyone made a big deal when Brady signed up to be an analyst next year, but no one knows if now I, Greg Olson's fantastic. I wouldn't, you know, I think Greg Olson's really good, but I, you know, who knows, who knows what the future is going to bring for Sean McVay. I mean, did that not you, cross you your expect mind? to see, do you expect to see Tom Brady, with Burkhart calling Niners Rams or Niners Packers week one. I said when it happened, I, I don't really know what to make of that. But then, and then since then, Greg Olson's become like re- everyone really seems to enjoy Greg Olson. He's really he's Tom good. Brady. Well, I know, but is Tom really going to be in the booth next year? Well, he's got not free time football? now. He's single. He wants to travel the world. You know, is he really not going to be playing football next year? He's doing all this. Yeah, I think he's done. He already retired once, so I, I'm not saying it's not likely. I'm just saying. Uh, there's just a lot of X factors out there. He dressed uh, up last night for Halloween. I saw he, was, he did some charity work the other day. Yeah, he's fucking living his life. How about uh, I texted somebody who you know he's got a it, podcast. Who Tom? You mean Let's Go or something else? Yeah, Let's Go. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. With Jim Gray <laughs> and Larry and Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah. I texted a buddy the other day. I'm like, who would know? And I said, is that the guy they always show on the Burkhart? Greg Olson broadcast. Is that Greg Olson's brother? Because he just looks like him. You know what I'm talking about? No. They always go into the booth during that broadcast, and there's a guy sitting next to Greg. Kind of blonde. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I know. He's got like a, yeah. a bond. He's got like long hair and a bond, and he's just doing stats. My buddy's like, yeah, he was like a four star quarterback recruit. He went to like UCLA? No. I think he went to, like, I don't think it was UCLA. Not, not that old, different Olson. Oh, okay. Uh, we saw we saw that Olsen playing golf that one day at the Cow Club, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they said he's like a plus four. Or well, we saw uh, Ke- Kevin, maybe. This is yeah. I don't know, but anyway, um, I don't know his brother's name, but he was uh, that's the he was like a major college football recruit, which I didn't know. Quarterback. Well, I mean, obviously, Greg, you know, went to the the U in the U's heyday, so probably oh, I remember recruited Greg, in oh one and oh two. Remember, he had the rap song, so I. They got a talented family guy. They got a very, very talented. See if I can find his brother. 
personal life. His brother played University of Virginia. Oh, Virginia. Okay. Chris Jr. Chris, Chris Jr. Yep. His other brother, Kevin, went to the U, but had some incidents. Doesn't say specifically what they were. His freshman year and sophomore year and was dismissed. So, you know, there's you get three kids, you know, one of them, Hall of, borderline Hall of Famer, Fox star, other guy, solid member of the community, high-level guy. Would it shock you? University of Virginia, really good school, has like a finance job and does it on the side because it's probably pretty fun with his brother, and the other guy is probably a troublemaker. Well, it says it says Chris – well, maybe this is a different Chris Olson. Who yeah, Chris Jr. Well, I found some Chris Olson, senior director of football operations for the Falcons, but it might be a different Chris. Anyway – it's just every every time I see those two, I'm like, I bet those two are having a good time. I don't know how that came out, but anyway, little insight next time you watch and you think what I thought, which is, is that Greg Olson's brother? The answer is yes, that's his brother. Kind of fucked up for Tom, you know, just put these guys on the street. Uh, well, I'll, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, but don't, they're not going to be on the street. They'll be fine. <laughs> don't you worry. Uh, we talked about the Calvin Ridley deal. Crazy. I do. Th- oh. I, I do wonder. Like, is Tom really? The first game would be kind of cool. Maybe the first like couple months, for like years, he's just going to travel every Sunday and do that. Like part of Tony Romo. Like this is, you know, Tony not nearly as wealthy as Tom. Now I understand Tom's. Well, who knows? Maybe she pays him alimony. Like, is Tom just going to be traveling in like four years, like fifty years old, doing like? Eagles Giants, you know. Oh, like, well, the thing is, right? How does he? Try? He flies private, best hotel in town. I know, but still, like, there's a level of I, I just want to chill and play golf. I agree. I they paid him whatever they paid him thirty, fifty, whatever the number was. I don't remember. I was in the car today listening to uh, Colt Nost has a radio show on PJ Tour Radio, and he was telling it's Justin Thomas's wedding this week at Troubadour in Nashville, and he's going. And he was telling the story about there was a wedding for some other famous guy. I don't know if it was a PJ Tour player, but whoever it was in the fall, Romo attended and had a game the next day and was clearly kind of hurting in the game. Like you could hear his voice. So it's like, is Tony like, is his job? I mean, he's not sitting at the facility for four days before. Clearly, That's you can not tell now listening. Yeah. Yeah. Which I remember really when I was with the Eagles. I remember a guy when I was with the Eagles, and we'd have a big game on Sunday. Those type guys would be at the facility on Friday. Maybe times have changed with technology, but like, yeah, that's yeah, they would come in, they would go to practice, they would watch tape, they would have the coaches' meetings on Friday. This is two days before. Yeah, which I guess college football, you do a coach meeting on a Friday. Like I'll be talking to Ted for this Friday. Uh, but, um, big win, Jeff, you see they're in first place in their division. Yeah. Hainer's back, man. I, do you realize the numbers on their win? 15 points in 14 seconds the other night is what it turned out to. I would imagine the mountain West to make it to the conference championship game. It's like the PAC 12 copied them, right? You just take the two best teams. It's not based on division winner. (laughs) They have division. Better learn that shit guy. I mean, I know it's Tuesday. I'm getting on it. I mean, their standings are divisional, but yes, I, I do need to learn that shit. You're right. But is the Pac-12 standings divisional still? Nope. Oh, it's not. Okay. 
Uh, TC says, hell nah. John Middlecoff turned his back on Lance. He did a total 360. And so did Guy. Does that mean you hated Lance at the beginning and you hate him again? Or you liked him at the beginning and you like him again? I'm indifferent to everybody. You know, unless I know you personally, I don't care. I, I want you to be good. But if I question it, I will well, pivot I, away. I don't think this person means you like him personally. <laughs> I think he means as the football player. Is that what yeah. you're saying? You I, like I just don't personally? see how it's possible for anyone to feel good about it right now. I know. You know? <laughs> That's where I stand. Hope. What do you got there? We got the dog coming in. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. I just heard like a yeah, there's that sword must be, fight. Must be some uh, carpet work going on out there or something. You know, so you asked me a question today, which was, could Derek Carr get traded by the deadline? And the answer to that question obviously was no, he didn't. Because he has no trade clause? Because <laughs> he has no trade clause. Do you know but, he does? Did would that come up with it, you and me? Somebody said that, yeah, to yeah. us, yeah. Um, but one thing Shine was ranting about was could Josh McDaniels just be a one-and-done coach for the Raiders? And, you know, I think we've kind of talked about it, but I haven't really paid that much mind because it costs money to do that. And I would be surprised if Mark Davis paid him the money to do that. But could Josh McDaniels be a one-and-done? I think the number would have to be pretty bad. I, I, I think it would have to be five or lower. Well, at this point, what have they won? Two? I would say that conversation gets really – there's some tangible parts to, like, the argument if you lose to the Jacksonville Jags, like, this week, right? So you go back-to-back, lose to the Saints and the Jags that everyone thought sucked. Like, the Saints – I just saw some people tweeting, like, their defensive statistics going into the game were terrible, and then they just dominate the Raiders like they're a high school team. I saw Josh Norris that works for NBC tweet out before you and I hopped on that Andy Dalton had a clean pocket in 93.3% of his dropbacks that game. Like he was untouched. Their team is just terrible. Like it was, if they keep just being kind of gutless, because early on, a lot of people were defending him like, well, the eye test is not as bad as the result. And I think there was some validity to that, right? Like the Chiefs game. That was not a bad loss at Kansas City Monday night. That that was not a bad one loss point game. I think Arizona was a pretty shitty loss, up twenty nothing against gutless Kyler for him to come back. And I understand at home, can, at home, like I don't underrate underrate things happening at home. The following week against the Titans, I, I'm pretty sure they did not have a point early in the first. I don't think they scored in the first half, or they definitely were down like seventeen to three and had to come back to even make it a game. Because remember, you and I were texting when Derek's lead them on the two-point drive and he scores, but then they don't get the two-point conversion. But when you're in situations like that, you're in situations like that because you're trailing, and they had been trailing the whole game. So, yeah, I, I just I think you do have to factor in that the team showed last year they had a good core, the quarterback was solid, and then they added Devontae Adams. You know, it's like, it's hard to suck as bad as they suck with their roster, I think. You, yeah, you I had Devontae Adams hired kind of a coach that everybody thought was an automatic. No, I shouldn't say everybody thought that. That it felt like the Raiders were saying, okay, we're going to go big. We're going to do this right. And then it's failing immediately. I, I do wonder. I mean, it, what, I guess it, it's been a little while now, but right. He did spurn the Colts. 
even if you wanted to give a guy benefit of the doubt, he got a job way too early and he figured it out. I think Lane's a pretty good example who got handed a lot early and wasn't ready for it and kind of crumbled on him. And you just watch Lane operate now. Like the guy's fucking pretty good. I mean, Everybody Lane's just Auburn. Next coach. Which to me, like, why wouldn't you just wait for a better job than that? Like, wouldn't you just stay at Ole Miss? What the hell? What's the difference between Ole Miss and Auburn? People seem to think Auburn, maybe they have a lot more money. I think their, their NIL money is pretty big. I mean, you can win a national championship there. Okay, you're right. But, but if you did take it, it'd be like, that's a hell of a – they just hired Lane Kiffin. Like yeah, it's, no, it's, There's tangible results. Like, Lane wins. He won yeah. an Ole Miss. He won yeah. an FAU. Saban's like, you, you know, listen, he drove me nuts, but he was damn – we won national championships with Lane Kiffin. Fired him before one, but – Like, really, Josh, when he's been under the umbrella, it's just uh, – let him coach the playoff game, right? Didn't give him the semis. I thought it was between the semis and the title game. Or did they boot him the SEC championship game? Before the semis? Did they boot him like the day before the SEC championship game? Remember, it was weird. You're right. <laughs> Got weird at the end. They had Stark on staff. Uh, There's a chance Josh McDaniels is a really terrible head coach, which is kind of crazy because you hear him talk. He kind of sounds like he's got it going on. You've watched him coach with the Patriots. He felt like he had it going on. They're like, God, he's really one of the top coordinators, really smart, which is different than being a head coach. I have a buddy who's like a like a number two or three kind of in his organization to the GM who worked for the Patriots for a long time and was like, listen, I, I have no problem questioning the Patricias and the judges. Just like that was pretty crazy. Those guys being I, I knew most people thought they would suck beside like Bill probably. But he's like, no one that's ever been around Josh as a scout, as a player, as a coach on that staff. Bill obviously included in the Kraft family. They don't go like, this guy's big time in the building. You know, Bill is the driver, but like Josh meant a lot. The way Tom talked about him, too. Yep. I felt like Tom revered him, didn't it? It's, uh, yeah, like they really respected him. It's good news and bad news for the Raiders, right? The good news, you play the Jags, you play the Colts, you play the Broncos. These are teams you should be able to beat. Well, Mark, can, also, afford, Mark can afford to fire him. I, I think it just comes down to, do you think he's just an utter disaster as a head coach? Well, I mean, two meetings seven weeks in with the head coaches. Can you imagine Josh? Does Josh want to have meetings with Mark Davis after games? In, in fairness to Mark, if I let's just, what do you think Josh making? $10 million a year? Probably? Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying. It's, if I'm Mark Davis, I'm just not allowed to talk to you after I just fucking watch you lose 24 to nothing there, against the Saints. I, I agree. There's a difference between not allowed to talk to you and like, when you start, I'm just saying it tells us something about the situation, right? When you have those conversations. I do wonder with this team, the expectations were so high. Mark was kind of feeling himself. Mark's a champion now. Las Vegas Aces, never forget. First championship in Vegas since Tark in the early 90s. Uh, so he views himself as a winner, and he should. I mean, that ace championship was incredible. Haberman watched every minute. And you just watch Kelsey your football fan. team. Big fan. You, you watch your football team who won games last year. I mean, like, incredible games. Well, that is, <laughs> week 18 game is an all-time win. The, the, that was one thing about um, – The biggest Raider win guy And what do you think? Tw- I mean, since the Gruden era the first time, that win on Sunday Night Football with everyone watching against the Chargers – yeah, it's pretty freaking big. I mean, the, they had the, third, the, the Thanksgiving era. win was pretty big. Last year? Yeah. The Colts win, remember, on the road? When the Thanksgiving win was like, you guys are dead. I, I said, they're dead, right? They were not going to be a playoff team. And then they the, won that game. The Cowboys? Yeah. 
they had three. I mean, the Cowboy win, the Colts win, the Monday night that I think was on like Tuesday or Wednesday against the Browns, where they beat them in overtime, and then the the, the cream of the crop win for the season was. I mean, that's charged. The Browns win was last year. That wasn't twenty twenty. The Browns game was last year. Yeah, it was a rich game. Oh. Uh, that was one of the things that Shine made me cackle. I'd kind of forgotten. He's like, you just kicked Rich Bisaccia to the curb for this. Which I think most owners would have taken Josh I support, Rich. I supported. I supported. But it's, it is like you said earlier when we were talking about Trey Lance. Like, that is what happened. When I, Devontae Instagrammed yesterday, like a picture of him in a Raider uniform. And the quote was like, if it was easy, everyone would do it type deal. Yeah. Well, actually, Devontae, I mean, most guys just don't have the talent to play in the NFL. But part of it, and I get it's a tough spot for him because like his story, he's a Hall of Fame talent. And his career, the Green Bay Packers are probably a top 10 brand in all of America when it comes to sports. Any sport, clearly the NFL, their brands are bigger than beside like the Lakers and like the Yankees. And you see the Warriors actually surpassed the most expensive uh you know, through the valuation. And I was like, seven, well, seven. if Steph Curry just retired tomorrow, does that thing get cut in half? But I, I understand what they were talking about. He left the Packers for the Raiders. And it feels like he's in irrelevancy now and kind of like he's a part, it's not necessarily his fault, of just an embarrassment. When the Packers are probably going to win like eight games this year, and it's going to be the most disappointing thing that's ever happened to the franchise, <laughs> right? Like, you're part of the Raiders. Now, ultimately, like, you're going to win five games and people are going to say you underachieved or whatever. But at the end of the day, you are the Raiders and you've lost a shitload over our adult lives. Since we've been in high school, guy, they have consistently lost. When they've won, it's been outliers. They made the playoffs twice in 20 years. The Packers literally made the playoffs all the time. Hosted playoff games. And he was easily the, I mean, he was the Robin but it wasn't like you're playing Robin to some random Batman to like one of the great Batmans in NFL history and definitely right. one of the more famous players. Like he was a key cog with the brand, the winning, the success, the relevancy of the league. And it was one thing. Well, the Packers were only going to give him half that amount of money. No, they've even said like we would have given it to him. He just told us he wasn't going to, he wanted out. So we just said, okay. And a huge part of him wanting out was to play with this guy who's one part of Shine's Rand is. He's having a shitty season. Like, you just watch him, it feels off. I feel like I haven't even watched the Raiders as you much as I have a lot of that game past. this last week. It was unwatchable. Yeah. But I, I just feel when I have, like, it, he did make a couple sweet plays against the Chiefs. But I expect him, like, when the when the chips are on, to like, he'll make some sweet plays. You get paid to, like, the Titans at 10 a.m., the, the Saints at 10 a.m. Like, Derek, you're making $40 million to throw three or four touchdowns against those bad boys, right? Like, I, I'm cool with you having a bad game against the Chiefs on the road on Monday Night Football. Like, that happens. Whatever. But I need you to light up the Chiefs and the Titans, or I mean the Titans and the, the Saints. When I say light up, you know, just like, he was one of the better players on the field. Threw for 100 fucking yards. Like, that was... Didn't cross midfield. Part of the deal, too, with Josh and him is just, it ain't working out. Like, the, their cohesion is just off. When Derek last year was kind of swaggy, Right was just playing at a high level. It was them against the world. Like, the difference is this year they've come in with a lot of expectations, right? Because of Devontae, because of Josh, because of last year's finish. Last year, nobody expected anything. Like, they had the the Gruden thing, none of their faults. The the, uh, uh, Ruggs Ruggs. thing, right? Just like a tragedy and a disaster. 
So they were, it was kind of a house money season. This is not a house money season for them. This is a very high expectation season, and they are not answering the bell. Well, think about this. The Waller situation is a good example. Waller is the type guy that Belichick, if he inherited the team, the guy had been kind of MIA for the previous year that he wasn't a part of, and then he wants a ton of money, it would have felt like, no, bro, you're out. And the the Patriot guys, tough spot, because he is a talented player. If you would have said, well, how do you think they handled the Waller situation? I'd be like, well, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they flipped him. You know, especially if they get like a two and a, you know, a two and then the following year's three because they need to recoup some draft assets because they, they made this Devontae trade. Instead, they paid him. And you can't tell me that him and I forget the GM's name, the other dude. Ziegler. The yeah. Do you imagine that that's one of their big regrets so far this season? Absolutely. I, I, um, I wonder if Mark really likes Waller, Mark Davis, the owner. Obviously, How would Derek not? would say, yeah, well, I yeah. love the guy. But I wonder if Mark was like, "We got to, you got to keep this. We, we are keeping this guy, partly because it's an easy guy to keep. And that at the end of the day, you know how much guaranteed money he got? Like twenty million. Oh, I know, but that would have been no, no, no. to I'm, me. It's I'm, more about the right. draft assets. I'm just saying that'd be an easy one for Mark to say. Oh, I'm keeping this guy. We love him. His story's great. He's a fantastic player. He's one of us. He came of age as a Raider. Gruden found him, and he's actually not that expensive to keep. Right. To me, it's more about like when you just think Patriot guys. I a proper move hard been to, especially if you like two twos or something, you know, right. who knows? you got Devante. You, you, yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you. I'm just saying like, I wouldn't surprise me if maybe they, my point is it's possible they wanted to do that. And Mark wouldn't let them. I'm that's, I'm just I, making I, up a theory. That, it he, would, I would understand. I would understand if Mark Davis really loved him and very believable, him. very believable. I, I'm not even criticizing him for that, but I, I would criticize you if it turned out that your football people wanted to do something. Um, you know, what's you weird though, guy it. is like he has a huge season in 19, 90 catches the following year. You know, I mean, that this is as good of a year as a tight end, not named like Kelsey or Tony Gonzalez is ever going to have 107 catches, nine touchdowns. Like that's an elite season for a tight end. Since then, it's just 11 games last year, obviously was not contributing at the level in which he was banged up. And then this year has been another disaster. And this year he's the most expensive he's ever been. Because part of those those early years, right, is they had, had him on that incredible deal. Remember, like once he kind of popped, they gave him like the super like three year twelve million. It was stupid, you know. And so I don't blame Waller for going. Well, it's my time now. I don't either. Of course, I just think that one is blown up in their face, majorly. DraftKings Sportsbook says that since Sunday, the Niners have been the most bet team to win the Super Bowl <laughs> at plus 1,300. You think they're a lock to beat the Chargers in two weeks? I don't. No. <laughs> you know? uh, they sh- I think they'll be favored. I think they should be favored. But I think they should win. But I don't think they're a lock. Why? Do, what, what's your- no, that's my point. I mean, there's a lot of hype on this team that I'm not like – Usually powerhouses, like I'm pretty confident on a weekly base. Like Eagles are, you can tell me the Eagles are playing basically anyone this week besides like the Bills or the Chiefs. I'm like, I like the birds. <laughs> you tell me the Niners play like 10 teams. I'm like, oh, this is going to be tough. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I, the, the outside is a little more confident than when you just live every day and second with their plays, you know? Yeah. It's one thing, oh, I caught them on the red zone. They looked awesome. Yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> There, uh, yeah, this it'll be it'll be a weird game. I'm I'm pretty sure of that. 
Um, it looks like that game opened as a pick 'em. It's now obviously we're talking two weeks out, but the look ahead at DraftKings is is um, 49ers minus three and a half on that game. Where's that game? Home. Sunday night football. I am DMing you a uh, a tweet I just did that I, I think you'll like as well. It's news to me. I guess it was just tweeted while we were on from uh, our friend Dov Kleiman, which mm-hmm. is a great Twitter account. I'm really not sure who he is or what he does, but he just has a fantastic Twitter account. Yeah. Dove? I think it's yeah. Dove. He worked for the NFL, you think? I, you know, it's funny. I, I've interacted with him, DM'd with him before. Um, and, um, he's been cool. I, I, uh, I was actually wondering today, like, I wonder what Dove, like if I ran into Dove, would I know? Uh, here we go. Rams, uh, Niners, 24.9 million viewers, the most watched game of any week on the network. Oh, this was just a McCaffrey stat. Uh, 24.929 million. The most watched telecast up 15% from last year's week eight through week eight. America's game of the week is up 10% over last year. Uh, over last year's season average to date, 23.2 million. Wow. That's that's more people than that watched the national championship game, basically. What's that? What's that playoff number? I mean, you know, I think it's interesting. Like, kind of a win-win for 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 the broadcast networks for the NFL. Definitely a win-win for the NFL. Like, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were we were talking about Buck and Aikman, and we were talking about the fact that, like, you know, I don't know what everybody makes necessarily, but you know, Fox has won in that the NFL has won in that they have a very like Burkhart and Olson, or you could just leave those guys on the Fox number one game doing the Super Bowl. And it'd be great. They actually easy, probably get easy transition for sure. Greg is really good. Burkhardt is as likable as it gets. I mean, I think he's fantastic. And um, and at the same time, the the Monday Night Football has gotten better, right? Like the point the person made to me about about Aikman and um, Buck salaries was like part of it being worth it to ESPN is that you have to. Like the NFL has to be satisfied with your product. So that's part of what you're paying for, right? And part of what these guys are making is they are on the thing that 25 million people watch. So they don't necessarily watch because of you. But if you are the thing that's holding down the thing that 25 million people watch, then you deserve to get paid appropriately, right? And um, anyway, I think Monday Night Football did 10 million people last night. Now that's what you and I were talking last night. This game was way better. The time, the uh, Monday was Halloween. So whatever, I'm not comparing it, but it was just the point the person was making to me is like, these guys, like when you, when these many people watch, even if they're not watching for you, you are then the face and the voice and you are responsible for this thing. So that's why you get paid that much money. Right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. You told me to pull this up and I didn't ask you. I just, yeah, it's just a big number. I, I just Googled, Niners Cowboys last year, wild card weekend. W- w- what do you think the number was? Um, what what date was that? A Saturday or Sunday? Uh, it was Saturday. I'm gonna say that was uh, 17 million. 41.5. Oh shit! 
I've, you, I, that was a bad, a bad that that game that actually that had that game had more viewers than the that game was actually Sunday I think Sunday afternoon okay because remember the following week they played Saturday night and, and they were on a short week against the Packers Saturday night is not as good of a spot right as Sunday what afternoon did, do you have that rating do you have thirty six point nine million interesting right because you'd be like Lambo it's a bigger game in theory it's Saturday night's team. clearly not as powerful as Sunday correct yeah, yeah correct. Which yeah. makes sense, even for one thing the 49ers are a part of, and people often ask, like, why do you guys, we're not doing this randomly. This is not like, this is all a numbers game. Like, I, I don't, I, enjoy, I, I I naturally have way more people that give a fuck and season ticket holders and diehard Niner fans in my life, and I've been watching them the longest. But, like, if you told me, if you just talked Rams, your ratings would double, you could charge double. Like, we're just, this is a business. But it just cannot be disputed how powerful. Now, the Rams are part of this now. They've become a big brand. And those two numbers, I got you. Like, the Niners are partners in crime, right? I mean, the Cowboys are bigger than the Niners. And I would say the Packers are the Niners equal. Is that fair? The Cowboys are the top dog. Yes. Yeah. So, and the Packers are at every bit they're equal. So those those numbers are played out by the the, the partnership of the brands. But this, I would say in this game, the Niners are the bigger brand in this Rams game. Now, I do think that sh- that they've come a long way in a short period of time as a pretty just big brand, led by Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, right? Mm-hmm. Super Bowl champs, like they are. The irony with them, I've said this before, is that they are a national brand locally. You know, they're not, it's not the, like the Niners fans outnumber or whatever. I don't know what the numbers were, but there's a lot of red, right? Like what the Rams are a national brand. A huge I think they said on TV, I didn't hear them say it, that it was like 55-45, and it was either Bill Simmons or someone said that they asked someone at the game, and they said it was closer to 80-20. I saw some pictures. It was a lot of red. A lot yeah, of red. I, I, same. So, but, but, you know, but ultimately, like, the Rams are a huge NFL brand, but they, they, like, are higher in the NFL hierarchy. Well, I shouldn't say that. They're not than they are in the NFL, in the L.A. hierarchy. That's probably not true, but... Anyway, they're, they're kind of a unique team. Well, they're, they're, they're not a top two team in L.A., right? That'd be the Dodgers and the Lakers in some order, yeah. depending on who's yeah. winning. I, I would think so. I mean, I'm no, I'm not an L.A. market expert, but that's what everyone's always said. I, I just I think the Rams are pretty unique in that they are. They're not a new brand necessarily, but they've just become so cool, so fast, so big. I'm not an L.A. expert either, but having lived in California long enough and you were the Fresno market's a big Laker market. If you told me the Lakers right now were the equivalent of the, what the Dodgers are, so basically like just like the Milwaukee Bucks or something, they would be enormous. Like there was no topping that. And obviously the Dodgers are fucking massive. They, It's hard for the Rams to equal that. And listen, I'm not saying USC football is the Rams. It's just different. If they become some Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State consistent power again, they are massive, right? Because they feel like an NFL brand down there, yeah. and Lincoln, you can already kind of feel it a little bit. But they're they got to get a little bit. You know, Pete had them in a whole different universe than even Lincoln does right now, right? Yeah, making your home game sweet is part of like it is making it an event. I think is part of it too, right? Because that's what Lakers and Dodger games are. It's like, well, look who's sitting behind home plate. Look who's courtside. Like that is and just in theory, kinda... the Rams should be that too. Like that's a cool thing to go to. It's an easy thing to go to. I think they have that. Because yeah. I, when I watch a Rams game, whether the Niners are playing them or not, they do get a lot of celebrities and famous people to go. 
I do wonder if a lot more of them go just because like, hey, uh, you know, our agency. And it, sure. Why wouldn't you? Sunday, it's cool. It's, the stadium is incredible. It, and, it really is. Oh yeah, yeah. But also when they don't play the Niners, they get, there's plenty of people there, right? They're, sell, they're selling out or close to selling out. I think a lot of people care about the Rams. The it's Niners just, are just a part guy of just some numbers going back to the Harbaugh era over the decade when the NFL has taken off like a rocket ship and separated from the other leagues. They have been a partner in crime. Like, I don't think the difference between USC and um, Auburn, let's say, is that Auburn has way more people that are interested in the score. I think the difference is that Auburn has way more people that are interested in your recruiting class. And the, yeah. although USC might be a bad example, because I think a lot of people care about SC. But my point is the volume of hardcore fans. It's not about how many casual fans you have. It's about how many hardcore fans, how many fans do you have that will travel and pay 500 bucks for a hotel room and $600 for tickets? How many of those fans do you have, right? And the Cowboys have a ton of them. And the Eagles have a ton of them. And the Niners have a ton of them. A ton, the Packers have a ton of them, right? The what? hardcore fans is how you fill 100,000-seat college football stadiums. I, I played golf through, I met this guy who played football at Kent State he was a slot receiver and he then he ended up being in the Marines and uh, she's his girlfriend. My girlfriend sold them a house and he's a, he likes playing golf and he invited me last week to go play golf. Well, his buddy, he he's from Ohio played at Kent state. His buddy was the starting center for the university of Illinois from like 2013 to 2017. I didn't find out till like the seventh hole. We started talking. It, I mean, you just meet a guy six ten. You just assumed he was tall starting center, Illinois, and we we just Ohio State was about to kick off because we teed off at like six thirty in the morning and they were the nine o'clock game, and they had both kind of mentioned like what time's the Ohio State game? What time's the Ohio State? Game? Like turn on the Ohio State game on our phone. One guy is a played at Kent State a football guy. The other guy Illinois starting center. He's like, I never liked our football team. I watched Ohio State games, and because you grow up in Ohio State, it's just and they just know so much about the team. Yeah, and it's just a way of life. Like for some of these people, I think co college specifically, like when you grow up rooting for Ohio State when you live in Ohio, when you grow up rooting for Alabama when you live in o Alabama, when you grow up in Northern California and you root for the 49ers, it's really not that different. Like they they do not miss a game, right? I don't miss a game. I know a lot about their draft picks and their random backups. They know about the freshmen. They're like, yeah, we got this one guy. You know, back back in the day, Braxton Miller. He was like. Braxton Miller was a senior in high school. Only guy I've ever met threw a party at a 21 and over club, invited everybody. It was like he was throwing a party as an 18 year old at a fucking club where he had to be 21 to get in, you know, because he was going to Ohio State, you know, just, but he was there. I assume they let him in. Uh, he went, yeah, he had some good Zeke stories. But his point is, like, when you're big, like at Ohio State, they're just always winning. Like at Illinois, we would get in trouble, like our guys on our team that would screw around, right? Like, Kendrick Nunn would get in trouble, but if we were in the top 10, he would be untouchable. Like at Ohio State, those guys, Joey Bosa and Zeke, were getting in the same trouble as some of the guys like on our football or basketball team, but we're not winning. They are winning. No one gives a fuck. Right. And he's like, I can't even imagine now Illinois' football team is good, and you could just go around the country. Like Lindell White telling those stories. Lindell White ain't telling that story if USC is he's playing for Clay Helton, right? But he's an untouchable guy because the team shot like a rocket ship. And the NFL, like, is no different. These shitty teams, like, guys getting cut, guys getting in trouble. It's happened on the good teams, but no, it's not that big a deal, you know? It's just it's just a different way of life. And now the 49ers, what's crazy about the 49ers, though, 
is like this year specifically, like they're they were three and four going into that game, you know. Well, you know what's funny to my dad texted me the other day, he's like, Man, Niners giving you guys a ton. And I was like, Well, I'd rather, you know, like it wasn't always so dramatic. Like Trey Lance was just a great, but he's not wrong. Like it's been a pretty wild uh well, they, three I mean they did so- add Christian McCaffrey. Well, I know that's what I took a step back. I was like, when you watch him run out, or it's still pretty crazy to see like a photo of him. Well, for example, like if you just said, hey, for the same price, you could get Brian Burns. I'd be like, well, from a football standpoint, I think you'd be better off, smarter to have another pass rusher. From my business standpoint and the entertainment standpoint of the consumer, it's impossible to top Christian McCaffrey uh, of the guys that would be available, right? Like, could I get Devontae Adams? You know, like the, the list of guys is going to start at like guys scoring touchdowns, right? right. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah. could Justin Jefferson on the block, you know, <laughs> but even Christian is just uniquely famous. Also, didn't he played at Stanford? He was an awesome player at Stanford. He he's a football family. A couple well, weeks ago, they had Kyle idolized his dad. One of the greatest fantasy football seasons of all time, probably a couple years ago. Right? He is extremely famous for a variety of reasons. His breakout game. I mean, to be on the list of. Two other guys, and it's Walter Payton on LT. Like, that's how his kind of career really started for the 49ers. It's pretty nuts. Well, somebody asked me, and I saw our guy Akash tweet that, you, you know, you're not allowed to change your number during the season. But somebody asked me, now that Jeff Wilson Jr. is gone and 22 is available, if McCaffrey could change to 22, should he? And my response was, if you are 1% superstitious, and athletes are more than 1% superstitious, you don't change to twenty two after you have a career day. You can't get you can't change your number when you get traded That's unless cool. someone else is. Well, your no, number. but but Christian already changed his number to twenty three. His number is twenty three on the Niners. Oh, you're saying you can't flip it back? Yeah, go yeah, to yeah. twenty two this week because they start selling those jerseys, right? Right, right. Uh, but if you have a historic day in twenty three, yeah, no. like if you if you make your major league debut and they're like, "Hey, man, welcome. It's June. All we got for you is sixty seven. You're like, "Well, shit, sixty seven. I guess that's my number." Like we called you up, go pitch, and you go throw a no hitter, and then you start your month is just incredible strikeouts and that sub two ERA, and they're like, "We're keeping you. Can you switch to like twenty two, or you got to stick in sixty seven? Not, not, not for that. Not for that. Not for that. You got to stick in sixty seven. Agreement there. So, anyway, uh, on that note. Sometimes I wonder, like, what do other people do on Sunday afternoons when the NFL is going on? Like, people that don't watch football on yeah. s- Saturday, too. Like, what are they? Are they reading a lot of books? Or they I had a buddy text me today. Just, I got this new mulcher. Got a bunch of leaves. Sent me a pack of mulch and some leaves. I think that's probably on the. You probably don't watch eight hours of football with three screens. You know what I mean? Like, you catch a game, but you're not like. You watch what's on when you're home. But you're not like, babe, can't do X, Y, Z. I, I got to watch. You know, so a lot of people do. Don't get me wrong. Most people. That's what the sport's huge. But I'm just saying, I do think people are just not like 10 a.m., you know. Well, if you weren't a sports fan alone. And, and you watched as much sports as I did, and when I say sports, like football, Saturday through really Monday night, you might, after a couple of weeks, want to like jump off a bridge. If you didn't like it, it would be terrible. You just sit there and watch a lot of football. Well, I was talking to our buddy. Uh, and no other sports like that, right? Because it's just like, I don't sit there and watch all the NBA games on Saturday and Sunday. Like, no, that's true. fucking June. That's true. I was talking to our buddy Cam Morell the other day who played in the league. And um, I was like, you see McCaffrey on Sunday? He's like, no, I missed it. What happened? 
But I mean, that guy watches football, right? And even he, it's just like, you know, got something else going on. Yeah. Kids in Little League, you know, whatever, gymnastics or soccer or something. I don't know. But uh, it's a great question. He was literally at a football game on Saturday night, right? That's true. But it's, you know, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I said, did you watch the Raiders? He would have said yes. Maybe that's what was happening. Yeah. I need to, if you were at home, like, you know, game of the week. I know 20, 25 million other people watch. Now, if you did get up early to watch the Raiders, you might just be like, I got to get outside. (laughs) Could have been on a walk. Very, very long walk. Uh, Happy trails to uh, Steve Nash, John out. Somebody just tweeted to me. Do you guys talk basketball? I'll say this quickly. Did you see any Dwight Howard's interview with um, uh, Shannon Sharp? I think it's the Shay Shay show. No, I didn't. (laughs) He, uh, I saw Andy Lou retweeted on my timeline. It's like two minutes. He talked about why the Warriors should sign him. Like I can help Wiseman. Wiseman's going to be great. You know, I could set screens. Steph's Steph gets open now off screens. He's going to get so open if I set screens. Draymond, me and Draymond in the pick and roll, unstoppable. I was like, you know, Draymond would throw a pretty good like high lob to Dwight. And then at the very I think end, he's a huge above the rim guy at this stage. Dwight, though, yeah, but he's still long. I mean, you know, even yeah. But you're right, not like he once was. You come year 19. He wants year 19. At the very end, he goes, you know, I just I just want to go out on top and get the parade like I deserve. <laughs> and he had me. I was in for like a minute and 50 seconds when he was coming to help. And then at the end, he was basically like, I'm just trying to ride some coattails to a, to a parade like I deserve. And I was like, oh. Now, maybe he was kidding. They cut it right there. Maybe he chuckled afterwards. But I thought that was a great line. I want to go out on top and get the parade like I deserve. I, I, listen. They won the championship last year, and I, I follow a lot of like uh, Warriors Twitter. I, I just like, I, come on, guys! Like, it, I, you can't get angry over a back-to-back losses to Hornets in Detroit. Like, yeah, are they better than those guys? You think honestly, these guys give a shit on, on those two games in late October? I would understand, like, hey man, this is the difference between a second and three C. Get some home games, and this is March. Then you can get up in arms. Yeah, I, I just have a hard time. Like the Lakers suck. Because I saw ESPN put out a thing the other day of like some bad records in the NBA. You know, the Nets were one and five, the Lakers were one and five, the Warriors were three and four. I'm like, all these aren't equal. Like, I've watched the Warriors; they are fucking infinitely better than these other teams. Like, the Lakers are not good. Their record is going to be terrible. Like, they are trying to win. You can't tell me the Warriors gave a shit. I, I didn't watch one second of the Detroit game, but it doesn't matter. It, well, they will. About, they they like, will try. I swear to God, if we got to go to Memphis Game Seven. Like, are they that stressed about it? Well, but you can influence that more as the season goes on. Right. Right. You just, to me, you just kind of play the, you play, I don't know how you think of it really, but I'm sure someone's run the numbers. You play like whatever, 80% of the last year. They won this, they won the, they were the three seed, weren't they? they, Yeah, they were the three seed. But, but to me, it's like you run it, um, you know, it's like, I I don't, I, I don't know how track people, like if you were to run, what's four laps? Is that 800 meters? Uh, no. It's a four four laps of the mile. Eight hundred meters is two. Hey, not track guy. No, are you a track guy? No, no, I just I just oh. know the math. <laughs> so, wait. So a hundred meters is one is one time around the track. Hundred meters is a stretch. The stretch. Oh, is the stretch. Got it. Yeah. Four four hundred is one lap. Four hundred is one lap. Okay. One lap. Yeah. So if you ran whatever the sixteen hundred meter, is that a thing? Is that a thing that happens? I just laps. think the six is just the mile. Yeah. The mile. Okay. So if you run the mile, which we all ran in ninth grade, I ran 
Well, I'd hide behind the. I'd hide behind oh, a tree. A berm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I went up about lap, lap three. I remember reading. Uh, reading the you you read Phil Knight's book. It, it's number it might be number one on the handbook recommendation. Shoe dog. It's high on my yeah, list. It's, it's good. One of the things about Steve Free Pre Fontaine that Phil Knight writes about is that he didn't really pace himself. He ran from the beginning, just ran as hard as he could. But that's not how most people run. Most people, you run the thing, you run like three laps and then a half, and then you kind of see where you are, and then you empty the tank. Like to me, that's kind of how an NBA season is. You just kind of you run the laps, you look around, where are we? All right, let's go. You know. But that was the thing about Prefontaine is he just ran his ass off from the jump. Anyway. One team that maybe is because they did well, like I understand like the if you told me the Bucks win seventy games this year because they're just like. They won it two years ago. They lost last year. They're out for blood. Like they're six and zero. If you tell me that yeah. you look up and they're like twenty five and four, and they're just giving a shit, I can believe that, right? right? They're out to like we're champions. Haberman thinks they're an average, you know, historical franchise. I think That's Giannis true. thinks That's he's going to be an all time great. <laughs> to me, they got like if they stay healthy, got a ton of wins written all over them. I, the Warriors, if you tell me it's like forty nine, you know, and they're like the four seed, yeah, it's like yeah, whatever. They're like, oh god, we're terrified of going to New Orleans. I know. <laughs> you know, if you tell me Kyrie's quits in two weeks, I'll believe you. I just saw the GM said they were gonna like Kyrie, no availability. We're just letting things simmer down, is what the GM <laughs> said. <laughs> the Nets, man. What a place. What do you think Nash's phone call to his wife was like when he walked out of the building? I like, I do I wonder if do you think the Kyrie thing had any influence on Steve to get out of there? Like, I, how could it not? Now, I mean, behind the scenes, it's probably been, you know, but how could it not? They Did do you see stand, the kids they're, in they're, the game not, last night. They're not very good. Yeah, I mean, they're they they might just Court be side? they might be bad. Well, if you're the GM, don't you go like I saw Bobby Marks. There was a clip like, get, just get rid of Kevin. Just start over. Get rid of Kyrie. Good luck. I don't know how you. Kevin can do that. did want Steve fired, right? That happened. I assume if he didn't want him fired, wouldn't he still be there? But I'm saying, remember this offseason. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Kevin demanded that he fire and the GM. That's a weird place, man. Kevin's a. I keep John. He left the Warriors. The Warriors. Hasn't aged well. For this. You could argue right now. Who would you say? Like, who's the best? Who's got the best thing going right now? I think you could argue them. Now. It's definitely before Draymond punched pool, you would argue the Warriors just have the best thing going because consistency and greatness together is pretty hard to sustain, and they've done it. And yeah. it's like Steph, Clay. Warriors so do you feel a little weird this year, right? Clay's already bitching with Charles, and Draymond no, punched saying, him. He left that. Now, yeah. maybe he was just like, I can't coexist with Draymond, me or him. One of us has to go. For this, it's wild. He's like, I got all the crib notes, I know what a great franchise looks like. Let's do it. And then it turned into this. All, that's an all-time career. Like, he could have just – I'm not saying just stay there if you hate it, whatever you want to do. But he could have won, like, I don't know, three championships, multiple MVPs. He was the center of it all. He was the star. Not You know, too, the, the other thing is, like, a little sneaky older than you think. Like, he's, a, you know, be 35. 32. I guess he just turned 34. But, like, he's been injured a bunch of times. Like, it's not like he's 30. You know, I mean, he's, it's like, it's like Jerry said, you know, you just clock's ticking. Mm. 
Mm. It's like Middlecoff said about uh, the fifth year option for a first well, it's round. It's true. The clock, clock is ticking. Clock is ticking. All right. Now we good? Thanks yeah, for hanging, everybody. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.